You're listening to a pod of Mass and Methods. So I have a theory I need to share with you because I forgot to last week. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Well, well because so, the end of last week, I like had the wrong chapters. I was well, going yeah, crazy. But this is a theory about something else, actually. So you okay. know how you feel very strongly about when Lucian runs into the dining room when Feyre is there the first day and he doesn't know she's there. And then you're like, she had to have known. He has all his fairy senses. That? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the last week's group of chapters... Um, we found out that Tamlin had glamoured Feyre when he brought her through Fairyland to his abode. And I was like, what if it was like a sort of like a carte blanche, like glamour to protect her from being sensed by any fairies? And he didn't like distinguish at that point. And maybe she was still partially glamoured when Lucian ran into the dining room. That's why he didn't sense her. At least he didn't sense her approaching. It is the best theory I've heard so far when I've brought this up. I haven't heard anybody address it. And I'm well, very I've addressed happy it, and something. I think it makes a, a lot of sense. That does make <laughs> a lot of sense, especially after we see what happens this week. Yeah, that's why I remembered. <laughs> I was like, oh, sh- shit, I forgot. Yeah, I meant to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Reese's Pieces is here this week. I'm so excited. Okay, okay so... Hello, everybody. Welcome to the pod of Mass and Methods. I'm Allie, and I'm an avid fantasy romance reader and massiver super fan. Mm-hmm. And I'm Marjorie. I'm a huge reader, librarian, writer, but this is the first time I've ever read any of this shit. And we're sisters. Woo! And we so live cute. together, and yet still, the scheduling is so hard. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. We have crazy lives. Um, and welcome to our podcast so happy to be here so yes. let's do our right, five do sentence summary you're first this time especially since i botched it last week apparently okay 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 so Vera goes to the summer solstice party and gets drunk on fairy wine as a result of this, her and Tamlin can have some honest conversation and feeling swapping via smoochies. But the morning after is ruined when dun dun da Reese shows up and drops a lot of vaguely threatening things and then directly threatens Feyre. Then goodbye sex is had. Mm-hmm. And then she, Feyre, goes back to her family, who are now rich and wealthy, but she misses Fairyland. Tam Tam. Good old Tam Tam. That was good. That's the best we've ever done. We did it. We fucking slammed that. (laughs) We have never done that well on a five-sentence summary, but I think we're really getting it down. Okay, so chapter 25. Chapter 25. Um, and I obviously named it Fairy Run Fest. 
oh, I named it Farah Gets Wasted. Yeah, she really does. Yeah. She is sloppy <laughs> drunk Farah. So um, my summary is that Farah finds out there's going to be this other party. Alice dresses her pretty nicely for it. They go. She goes to the party. She Lucian's her babysitter. She starts drinking when she's not supposed to, gets totally hammered, finds out Tamlin can play the fiddle, and then they kissy-kissy in a field. Yeah. That is the summary. So mm-hmm, let's talk mm-hmm. out the details. Right. So uh, we, we hear nothing about the summer court high lord having to have sex to make this happen. Now, we're not in summer court. Right. This is just a celebration, so it doesn't seem like it's the same thing. Yeah, it seems like spring is celebrating it in honor of summer court, but they don't have to do anything. So it seems like there's a lot of summer court living in spring court. Yeah, it does. Which is very interesting what the dynamics there. You would think maybe there's much more of a amicable relationship composed to the other courts. Maybe they're kind of like refugees in a way. Like it's safer here. But then why are Alice's kids back in summer court? Or maybe there's more jobs in summer court. I don't but know. also like the the fairy who had his wings cut off was from summer court. So there's something going on perhaps right, in right. summer court I don't that think, could be potentially dangerous. I don't think summer court is our enemy. Okay. So. I think I think they're maybe more aligned with spring court. Like because that, that fairy had his wings cut off, but maybe well, he said she cut my wings off, which mm-hmm. we get to that coming up. Right. So <laughs> I think maybe they're more vulnerable, perhaps. Yeah, I, I agree. I also like I noticed this thing where they said it's just a party. Um, but then they said it's important to celebrate the summer solstice because it's when day and night are equal. But that's not true. That's the literal line it said in the book. It was like, you celebrate summer solstice because it's the longest day of the year. I was like, that's an incorrect statement. So, Mm. um, Is there another solstice that is when day and night are equal? No, the equinoxes are equal. So spring and fall are exact equal day and night. Right. Okay, so there is an equinox. All right, that's what I thought. There was something. So, yeah, that was wrong. Maybe maybe the sun works different in Fairyland. Yeah, in Prithee. If we start calling it Prithee, I will not. Okay, I, not. I will not. I cannot. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. Maybe it does work different in Fairyland. Um, I don't. You're right. You could call it pretty, and I'm just gonna. I don't know. Maybe it's like a Tatooine situation. I think it's just an air. Sons. I think it's just an air. Yeah, I think I could think, be. I think it's just a. Or up. maybe Night Court is so powerful that Summer Court has to have super long day for them to be equal. Hmm. I think this is just like I'm a nice little here. <laughs> like there's a lot of summer court people here and we're going to respect their culture. So we're going to have a little like May Day type festival. It seems like. Yeah. I also think like this is the first time we really see Lucian having to babysit. He's had to be around her a lot. Right. But he is like <laughs> in charge of her at this party instead of being at the party. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. Like, is that his job? Well, what is he? The emissary? The head captain of the guard? He also what, like- does. Yeah, he'd also. Yeah. He has multiple jobs. He's like Tamlin's like pseudo brother. 
pseudo yeah. best friend but also his pseudo, employee like right hand man yeah. like he's yeah. just a little bit of everything he is a little bit I mean, of he lives in his house he does like, in a fancy room in, in his and he gets to decorate it with his own quidditch posters exactly. from his own court. United. yeah yeah so i don't know i find it really funny that he's like don't drink the fairy wine and pharaoh's like i'm absolutely <laughs> drinking i was like i'm doing that absolutely right now but it's like the fairy it's a play wine. Of, like also don't eat the fairy food it's like yeah the fairy wine but it's like not dangerous but it's like maybe a little dangerous because you're gonna get a toasted right and i looked it up obviously fairy wine goes along with the food lore if a human drinks fairy wine listen their eyes become open to the fey world which is interesting because that's what tamlin did to her last chapter must have been drinking wine right like he opened her eyes so i think it's funny that like she had him remove the glamour and then had her drink fairy wine because a thousand years from now, if we're telling this story, maybe those two pieces get, get intermixed together. Yeah, right. So it's like so. a cool lore type thing. Mm-hmm. So I really liked that. Um, and then she is dancing her heart out. She's dancing her heart <laughs> out. And, she, and then she's like, oh, shit, he's the one playing the music. Is a fiddle a sexy instrument? No. See, I agree <laughs> with you. I agree with you. A violin is a, like an elegant instrument. So I a guess fiddle. in America, it's like, this... devil went down to George. I know <laughs> fiddle and a violin are technically the same. Like, I'm correct. But you they play it on a different place in your face. You play it differently. Yeah. And the music, I feel like you do it differently. I See, a fiddle might be sexy in some contexts, but I feel like you got to be like a country boy and a country girl. And you're like, oh, there's more to him than tractors. He also plays the fiddle. What is the sexiest instrument? A guitar. Guitar? Drums? Guitar? Guitar. I think piano is pretty sexy, actually. It can be. It can be. You know, maybe, a, you know, if you're a fan of the opera, maybe like a big pipe organ. Now, every <laughs> time I think of the guitar, though, I think about Ken playing. I know. <laughs> Barbie I know. <laughs> I think maybe guitar is just like rock star. So maybe yeah. That. So maybe that's like hot. Yeah. <laughs> what do we think? What do we think? A bassoon? A bassoon. A saxophone. Jazz. Oh, saxophone. Saxophones are pretty sexy. You know, like Bill Clinton <laughs> and his saxophone. No. No, not Bill Clinton. Not okay. Bill Clinton. So I, I turned us off of saxophone. Uh, like, I just fiddle. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's playing. He's the high lord and he's playing a fiddle. Oh, no. Cute. Um, I cute. have to say trombone because that's what producer plays. My partner. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So fiddle, though, is the most important instrument in traditional Irish music. Well, okay. Don't have to come at me with like my like, I Googled cultural insensitivity. I Googled it I up. I do love some Celtic I think that's there. why fairies, a fairy would play a fiddle. Yeah, okay. And all right, it makes sense. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. It, it makes sense in, in the terms of like he wears green, he has that blondish hair, those very emerald look about him. <laughs> He's a very, like spring fairies seem very Irish to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that but because it's on the mainland britain it's not on the ireland island that's highburn right what's on the other island highburn look at the map <laughs> this hmm. is the ireland island oh is, yeah, yeah highburn so i don't know the, oh, wait, but this, this is, okay let me look at this layout this is interesting it I seems haven't been, i haven't so been paying Celtic. attention to this map but okay. now that i know night courts all the way up there as far north as you can go wow humans only have a little bit okay just a teeny tiny spring autumn summer so there's neighbors winter all right yes well it makes sense that's like the seasons that's like yeah in a a circle around the center which we'll get to that eventually under the mountain dawn day oh so they're kind of like separate Mm -hmm. like the seasons and then like interesting yes the seasonal courts versus they have another name for it in the books i can't remember what it is versus editing alley here 
In the text, dawn, day, and night are referred to as the solar courts as opposed to the seasonal courts. Versus the... Daylight savings courts? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the daylight savings courts. <laughs> Specific standard time courts. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. What did you think? Okay, so he takes her away from the... First of all, so awkward to be dancing like that in front of somebody while they play the fiddle for you. And he gets down on his knee and is, like, playing for her. I was uncomfortable reading it. Yeah. There is some of the romantic or, or sexy stuff in this where I'm like, that segued from that to uncomfortable to that. Really oh. fast. Really fast. So then he d- he takes her to see the Will of the Wisps. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which is, cu- like, you know, cute. He wants to show her this thing. Yeah. Which is, again... I think it's, they have found out it is bioluminescence or no, flame-like phosphorence that happens in the British Isles, but they called it Will of the Wisps Okay, um, back in the day. It happens in marshy areas on those islands. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, you, they, you would go and see it and it's these beautiful lights, like mm-hmm. bioluminescence type lights that are outside. That's cool. What do you think about the kisses? I have thoughts. Okay, tell me. I actually... The the test that it starts with like a testing kiss. Yeah, love that. It's like the the whole kissing scene, especially with Feyre being a drunky drunk girl. It's so very carefully like consensual, where he like says like I want to kiss you, and then she's like go ahead, and then there's a testing kiss, and then like a slightly stronger kiss, and then she's like yeah, let's do this thing. Yeah, I really loved that slow, careful, sweet escalation. His eyes are open though, which weirds me out. I didn't catch that detail. <laughs> I caught it, but only because I was listening extra hard this time. Okay, okay. But yeah, it says he looked at her with somewhere between a smile and a wince, like before he kissed her. He's like, is she too drunk? Mm-hmm. Should I not be doing this? Is this a bad idea? But yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right that it is like a very sweet scene that like turns into some passion pretty quickly and they stay mm-hmm. out the, most of the night together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have some other things. Go for, for it. Chapter. Tell me, tell um, me. So we didn't do any like talking about the and Andans last week. There were and Andans, but nothing mm-hmm. of note. This one, it showed up in Lucian's dialogue too. Ooh, Lucy so, boy. Wow. Another thing I really liked is when he swore Lucian and said, um, like something like cauldron boil and fry or yeah. something. Like cauldron that. boil me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like when there's swears in world building that are just... I feel like it's easy to kind of fall back on our swears and it's like you know we have so many swears that are about like god jesus damn mm-hmm. it hell and it's like this one's about their religion mm-hmm. and it kind of is different it's not damn it or right. go to hell it's uh-huh. or go to you know burn in the cauldron well, cauldron boil me that's like just different I don't yeah know. it is nice i liked it i agree i, I think that's really nicely that's written details. it is a good detail okay um, at the end of the chapter, she says it's the happiest moment <gasps> of her life. Which, what does that mean in writing, Marjorie? Oh, this is all going to go downhill. It is going to go I was go like, downhill. oh, shit, this shit's about to hit the fan. Yeah, oh it really God. is. You have a quote? Oh, yeah. Let me find it, girly. I have a quote that I love mm-hmm. from this chapter. I was unburdened as a piece of dandelion fluff. That's what she says when she's just so happy with Tamlin out at the Will of the Wisps. I have an asterisk next to it. Yay! It was not the one I landed on when I had to pick out just one. It was a contender. I can't believe we keep picking the same quotes. I know. It's pretty astounding. Maybe it's because we were raised in the same home or something. I liked this one. 
It was like I never experienced summer before, like I never known who was waiting to emerge from that forest of ice and snow. Mm. I liked that. I feel like there's like a playing on the layers of metaphor because it's like summer is what emerges after winter, but Tamlin was what actually emerged from the ice and snow at the beginning. I liked it. I liked the, I think there's some nicely layered. I like the metaphor of like she was at winter at her house. Mm-hmm. She came into spring. She's still kind of prickly. And now it's summer. Now it's summer. She's falling in love. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's right. do it. <sighs> Chapter 26. Chapter 26. So much to say. What did you name it? I titled this chapter, Thanks for Ruining Brunch. I said, Unwelcome Guest. Because <laughs> even though it's like lunch, it's like they didn't woke up late. So it's the first meal of the day. So Because like, they're hungover. They're brunch. They're, they're hungover. So thanks for ruining brunch. Okay. Dude. All so, right. That's my summary. Yeah, Kelly. give me your summary. That's what I was All about right. to say. Give it to me. So it's in the morning after the summer solstice. They wake up late. They go to lunch for breakfast. Um, there's a bunch of little morning after flirtations and then Lucian's like, seriously, right in front of my salad. (laughs) Um, so he does have to deliver some bad news. He's like, well, the blight has killed some younglings in winter court. Um, and we find out like night court is like unaffected. Then we have our brunch interloper, our unwanted guest. It's the creepy guy from the calumni fire festival. Resam slash Reese, which I do love that spelling of Reese. I like do. Celtic spelling. It's so good. Mm. So good. So there's so much that happens in this conversation. There's so many jabs and references to Tamlin's past to the her Amarantha. Amarantha. <gasps> you did it. it. Amarantha uh, <laughs> proved from Thera when I was like, what the f- <laughs> Um, she's being hidden by a glamour, but he figures it out and pulls her out and he's like, ha I'm going to get you. And then Tamlin literally begs on bowing forehead to the floor. Like prostrates. Yes. That um, he doesn't tell her. And he's like, well, beg. And then and he does. And then he's like, oh, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Which means he definitely is going to. Uh, <laughs> and that's... Yeah. Amazing, right? A great oh, chapter. Like, like, I I just was like, I even, there are so many things to take notes on, but I couldn't even, because I'm like, I can't even connect everything. I know there's so much packed into this. The stakes are so high in this chapter. It's bubbling. It's burning, because it's like, oh, oh, it singes. You're so happy, and then, like, everything collapses, like, right in front of you. I do want to address right now, there's a big debate over whether it's resand or recent. It is resand on my grandmother's grave. So everybody can get over it. Resand is how it is said. The problem with the name thing came from in the first audiobook, it was pronounced recent by the reader and it was corrected from there on out as wow. resand. So I think like Sarah went back and listened to it and was like, no, it's resand. Well, I feel like we should just ask like some. The Celtic person they sure probably tell us yeah. what it is Reese, <laughs> right? Reese Resand I know it's Reese I've yeah. seen that that spelling before right like John Reese Davies and stuff right so I know that's I love it um yeah I want to jump right into this conversation because I think right, right, right. except for like the winter court thing she snatches a knife off the table again girl stop with the knife snatching we, these butter knives are doing you no good two dozen kids in the winter court die from the 
plight. That's oh. terrible. Yeah. Especially since we know how hard it is for them to conceive. Like this mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. like the winter court has just gone through 24. They like that 24 kids. That's so much, especially mm-hmm. since we see how like Tamlin's court has been struck so hard. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she grabs a knife. I, so he was in an ebony tunic. I noticed the word tunic. He this was time. tunic. It's tunic, not a suit tunic. this time. It was a tunic. Um, but as if he belonged to something else or someone else. Mm. I will say something that totally clicked for me is he has 45 years and you call me Rissand. Mm. He hates it when he's being called by his full name. Mm-hmm. He feels like he has Alexandra. A, yes. Thank you. He feels like he has a more personal connection with Tamlin they, and Lucian. They were, well, for at least Tamlin, Tamlin. they were like warband leaders together they were doing something i'm wondering if tamlin has a more nefarious past than he lets on when he's like i don't think it's fair this stuff happens to human like where yeah where is this coming from yeah because he says tamlin taught me he says who do you think taught tamlin that sword play right as if like reese was his mentor or something at some point in some way um but yeah very coded conversation they talk about under the mountain mm-hmm. they talk about um amarantha amarantha they, all right they, she, they call reese amarantha's whore and i'm wondering if it's like literal in the sense that it's like yeah she's banging you mm-hmm. or it's more like you're like doing her bidding like a whore like you you know like you're supposed to be mm-hmm. a high lord and you're or maybe it's both but or you're sleeping your way to the top or you're sleeping your way to the top yeah there's yeah, lots something. of different things it could right mean. like because it could be i feel like you sometimes people use whore when it's like someone's like a sellout in a yeah, way right i agree yeah for sure so we're we're not quite sure what that means because lucian slips that in mm-hmm, um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then he kind of goats him on his mom He's like, Lucian, like, your mom is mourning your loss, Right, you I'm dick. thinking about how, like, oh, maybe there's someone back there that still cares about him and he cares about in Autumn Court. Like, he's abandoned everything. But there's this one person who right. still actually cares. His mother. Mm-hmm. So this is the first we've actually heard of Lucian's mother. We've right. only talked about everybody's dads so far. Dads and brothers. <laughs> right, right, right. So that's kind of cool. And then we fight. Like you said, he is the High Lord. Okay. He and is- he's... Yeah, he is the High Lord of the Night Court. Mm -hmm. And that's when Pharaoh, like, um, and he says, I was slaughtering on the battlefield before you were born Mm -hmm. to Lucian. So he's a fair bit older than Lucian. Yeah. Yeah. So he was a High Lord. But I feel like I was right. And it's like, he's the High Lord, but he's not the top of the rank. I think your prediction is fair. Yes. He's not. That's why I was like, maybe he's not the High Lord because, well, I think he's a High Lord, but obviously this, I have to look at the spelling to pronounce it, Amarantha. Yes. Amarantha. Amarantha. It actually makes sense with the, sense with the spelling. I just have to remember it and I see it. Amarantha, obviously, is like more than a High Lord or mm-hmm. High Lady. She's, she's got some hold on everybody. Yeah. So she's maybe running a gamut of multiple people or multiple. You know, so, or she comes outside of the order of things, the right. social structure. I mean, so position. much that Tamlin is going to prostrate on the floor to not tell her about Feyre. Because he's like, I think it's like more like, he's not going to kill Feyre. He's going to, she's going to torment Feyre. 
like like fairies do yeah Yeah. it's going to be painful and Mm -hmm. trickery and things of that nature and then of course macgyver reese is like why are there three plates here yeah i gotta say with that and with also lucian is such a bro in this chapter oh yeah he like he hides her he stands in front of her when he pulls her out he's like oh yeah she's my like betrothed. my betrothed <laughs> so like he's trying to cover up which i think him saying that is like oh that's telling that's a detail it's about it's like i've said from other chapters there's something about there has to be like a love connection of some sort with hamlin um because he also says if it's any consolation, she would have been the one for you, and you might have gotten away with it. If it wasn't for these mangy kids. Yeah. Yeah. Very Scooby Doo. More stubborn than you are. Yeah. Because he's, he's reading her oh, brain. Yeah, he digs into her head. I skipped that part of the thing. He, like, goes in. He's a fairy mind reader. Yeah. Ooh. I love and people a who can get it. Mind meld. Yeah. Yeah. And then he says all of Farrah's, like, embarrassing thoughts out loud. I would die where I stood. Yeah, Amarantha does not have to come for me. I'm good. I'm done. (laughs) Just leave me. Um, Yeah, I think that's, I think you're right. Lucian is such a bro when he's like, she's my betrothed. Just comes out so fast. He's ready. He's ready to cover. And he, uh, Reese gives her the like, what's your name, love? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's her. It's this bitch. Which, why doesn't he get that out of her head? He could have gone in and just taken it. Yeah. But she lies. She says, Claire better. It's more of a power move when you make people do things. I guess. Yeah. I mean, he just made Tamlin beg. Yeah. Do you have a fake name at the ready? Yeah. Michelle Rice. Mm, Louise Fowler. Nice mm-hmm. to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to. Michelle Rice. I've never heard that. I came up with it in high school for some reason. So I needed an incognito name. Funny. So just in case you need it. That is funny. So obviously we already covered Regina Falange. <laughs> we already covered that Resand is a Celtic name. It has Welsh origins and it um it, it means bundle of enthusiasm or joy. <laughs> ah, the irony. The irony. Gotta a- love it. Amarantha is a girl's name of Greek origin and the mm. meaning is unfading. Mm. And then Claire for Claire Better is of course a French ag- adjective, which means clear, light, and bright. I don't know. This is crazy. What do we think about mind readers? Is that a typical fairy thing? Or that's just like the mind readers, I feel like in the X-Men, in superheroes, are always the most powerful. Yeah. Well, if you can F with someone's mind, you can F with everything. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a very, it's like a very big trait. Like the Scarlet Witch can like change people's reality. Professor X. Yeah, exactly. He's the head of the X people. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this chapter's relatively short, but so much happens. It's packed. It's like, talk about under the mountain again, and I'm like, this happened. Yeah, under the mountain. You just saw it on the map, though. You know where it is. You know where it is. I know where it is, but I don't know what it means. Yeah, Um, and we know from our first week recording that the um, dedication in this book is to her husband, and it says, I'd go under the mountain for you. Bad place, bad place. Bad place. Maybe this is their hell. We talked about hell a little bit. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, also, Pharaoh wouldn't paint him in a hundred years. I wouldn't try to paint him. I understand, but sometimes she says (laughs) it, she uses it a little too much. I love it. I I think, I think. We get it. We get it, but I also think maybe 
I don't think Sarah J. Moss knows in depth about painting. Editing Alley here. I actually have no idea whether or not Sarah J. Mass is a painter, but what I do know is that in Throne of Glass, Selena Sardathian, in an interview, Sarah said that she really enjoyed literature and art, and that's what kept her human. And also in Crescent City, Bryce Quinlan is an antiquities art dealer, so Farah liking paint is not too out of the question. Mm. Because I think she would have some other metaphors than just, I would want to paint that. I could never paint this texture. I think there'd be like, if you, if she was like a painter, like she'd be able to pull out things about like mixing the colors or the texture or like techniques that would be needed mm-hmm. that you could like have Feyre compare stuff to. Right. But instead of just saying paint, it could be like, oh, that would be an impossibly hard color to mix with. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about painting to do the metaphor right. either, yeah. but like I think you could say things like, I think you could say you could say more about. No, I agree. I agree. It's like where's your where's your painting toolkit? You know, right, like you need like... a toolkit of words for paint. Um, but I do mm-hmm. recognize that you were like nineteen when you were writing this. I do. I do. It's 19. just you know, if you're gonna up it for anyone learning about writing, if you're gonna have a character. Who like, loves something. Loves something. You gotta get, you can't just mention the broad strokes, pun not intended. Yeah. You can't just bro- mention the broad strokes. You gotta like use the detail knowledge of that. Yeah, and I wonder. Just weave it in. I wonder though, because Feyre to this point had only had those three primary colors in her cabin, that she, she's also a very novice painter. I'm, yeah, but in, you but know, she could but, say yeah. something like about I'm just playing devil's advocate. Blending, th- I mean, yeah. if she's learned from doing, then she would at least know like that would be ho- so hard to blend the shade of that magic together and be like, it's so hard to paint that. Yeah, paint that. Farah <laughs> <laughs> from Tennessee. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought she was from the human world. Okay, but Tennessee is in the human world. <laughs> That depends. Did you know? The Appalachian. What? Did you know? This is a fun fact. So the people of Shakespeare time would have spoken in an accent that is more similar to the American Southern (gasps) accent than it is to the current British accent. Oh, my God. Let's hear Romeo and Juliet in a Georgia draw. People have done that. Perfect. It's been put on. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's linguistic history for you. The accent's. The evolving of accents mean the accents in the American South have more similarities to We've modern We've done British it. Accents. We've told everybody. Now they know. I mean, everyone listens to this podcast. So <laughs> well, I mean, Sarah. The world knows. Hi. You know. You know. So um, Feyre could sound like she's from Tennessee. She really could. Do you have a quote? It's hard. It's hard. I feel like it's so conversation driven and not like very dialogue. Description driven. Um, I have a description from towards the beginning. Okay. Um, where Reese is about to walk in and like Tamlin has just like jumped out of his chair. Mm-hmm, He's like, mm-hmm. he knows Reese is coming. And Farah in her brain says, it's not the pregnant quiet of fire night, rather a trembling quiet. Mm. I do have one. Let me just... A pregnant quiet. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what that means, but if I heard it, I could understand it. All right, I actually liked this bit of dialogue. Um, I think this is from Tamlin. No, maybe though. No, this is from Reese, and he says, "At least I haven't bidded my time among the hedges and flowers while the world has gone to hell." Mm-hmm. 
he is so pissed that he's hanging out in the spring court. Like, I think Reese thinks he's doing something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he thinks he's doing, but he thinks he's doing something and Tamlin's doing nothing. He calls him pathetic. He calls him lazy. Yeah. Throughout this chapter. He's like, you've just been sitting around here for five decades. Like, Reese is mad at Tamlin, even though they used to be buddies, apparently. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know. So fun. Are you ready for chapter 27? I put pop that fairy cherry. (laughs) I hate that with all my soul. Why? (laughs) So good. So I had a funnier title and like a title that would be like, if I was actually giving this book chapter titles, the titles I would give it. Uh So my funny title is Bon Voyage Sex. Sure. And I think the title I would actually give it if I was giving this book titles was Thorns and All. Ooh, take me with my thorns and all, baby. Well, she says it like. Yeah, she does. um, Towards the end. So, all right, here's the summary. Mm-hmm. Her and Lucian leave the dining room, like, immediately after Reese vanishes into thin air for some reason. Also, didn't know that could happen. Um, that's a new magic I think we haven't addressed. Right. Um, Alice gives her hot chocolate. Tamlin busts his house up. He's, like, furious and, like, right. ripping things to shred. He comes up to say sorry. I'm sending you home. They have their bon voyage sex. Um, and then they fall asleep in bed together. And he, he says, says, I love you. He says, I love you. Uh, That's why he begged for her. He wouldn't have be- that to me, the him begging was because he is so proud. Right. He is proud. You know, I think he would do his best to protect anybody, but beg for them. I think in front of someone he obviously hates. Yeah. And wants to like, he like jumped up and was angry and then like sat down and pretended to like pick his nails like he's trying to appear cool in front of Reese and then begs so yeah Mm. this is like Mm -hmm. trying I okay love it all right let's talk about it so the first note I wrote down was I didn't even take any notes when reading this (laughs) I have a summary I have this much I mean there's not to say plot it's not like I have to take a note of all these like random little world building details. It was right. like, okay, I am in the moment. Let's yeah. discuss. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think, I think the fact that Tamlin is like sh- destroying his own dining room, she can mm. hear him like rip roaring downstairs. He is furious. Mm. He's furious. I do like when he comes to her room and when he's trying to say like send her home and she's like, you think I can't hold my own? And he's like, you can't. And then it's like, because I can't. And yeah. you're like, oh, I felt that. I felt it. Like, I felt how helpless he feels. How helpless he feels and how, like, poignant that moment. That's just, like, little, doesn't have to try too hard the dialogue. It just does it. And I think he thought, if I can keep her hidden or glamored in the manor, in the spring court, if Reese doesn't know, if Amarantha doesn't <laughs> know. at the beginning was like, you could just go wherever the F you want. Yeah. Maybe because he knew she couldn't. And right. Wouldn't. And, w- and like, specifically because he's, like, the bog's out there, the naga are out yeah. there, the puka's out there. And you're like, sure, walk around. <laughs> yeah. What a dummy. Um, yeah. And he says a few times, I'll take your life debt. I'm sending you, you home. And she says, no, I want to stay. I want to stay, which is classic Stockholm Syndrome. Your captor. I interpret it differently. How? I interpreted it in a sort of a like five stages of grief type thing. Like she's mm, in denial. Denial. And then she goes like at some point she's like into bargaining. And then because in the next chapter there seems to be like this acceptance. Like this is I don't want to be a burden. 
So I kind of almost, I don't think it was maybe deliberately supposed to be the five stages of grief, but I feel like I saw her being like, no, I don't want to leave. Yeah. And then into like different stages where she's like, I can stay, I can help my own, hold my own. Like, I think she has different feelings about it and, and it ends with acceptance. Yeah. I think too, though, that like Tamlin lies to her. He like lets her have that glimmer of hope. Like, I'll see you again. You'll yeah. come back. And I think that with the blight as bad as it's getting, I mean, it's made its way to the winter court. Mm-hmm. We know it's very dangerous. We know Summer's dealing with it very dangerous. I think he thinks like maybe he's next or whatever's okay. happening. He's not going to see Feyre okay. again. Can I have a question that just popped in my head? Yeah. So wearing the masks, I know it's because of the blight. Are they wearing them because they can't take them off or they're wearing them because they're protective? They cannot take okay, them off. Okay, that's what I thought. But mm-hmm. then I was like, is it supposed to be that they're protective? Uh, yeah. The Which spring court specifically cannot take them off. Okay. We will find out why. Mm-hmm. So that will not be like one of those plot points that goes to the distance. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know. And then, of course, there is sexy time yeah. and there is consent. He's oh, like very consent. He's like, very... I'm going to back away. If I if I don't stop, I'm not going to be able to stop. And she's like, don't she's stop. She's like, come at me, bro. Strip tease. She's like, I bent my knee to the side. I was like, damn, fair. Yeah, she's like enticing. Yeah. And honestly, the sex scene is very, uh, I don't know what I mean to say. I want to say almost poetic. Like it's, it's yeah. written. In a romantic way. It's not written in like a bodice ripper. It's not written like a bodice ripper. It's not written like, you know, there's there's erotica that is much more like about the body parts and all of the sensations. And this is more that like overview uh, romantic. You don't use any specific body part terms yes. for like, and then he entered me, entered me, things like that yes. that are more brushed over. It is not really that explicit no yeah this is a very this is a very very tame sex scene um they as the books go further on they definitely get a lot more explicit but this in this book this is as specific as the sex scenes get yeah this first book is very romantic overview of the sexual situation Mm -hmm. very lusty but also again consenty which is always great and I also love this mm-hmm. because she's not shy because she's also not a virgin. She's, yeah. And it's very refreshing in mm-hmm, a book like this mm-hmm. for her to just be like, I've done this before. You've done this before. I'm saying yes. I have to leave tomorrow. Like, whatever. Yeah. We've known each other for nine months. You, as far as she knows, he had sex with one girl three months ago. Right. Like, I... The one, you know, when I talked about things that, like, turned me on and then turned me off, like, on a seed. Yeah. was like... They're kind of romantic. And then he has to pull out his claws to, like, rip her undergarments. But yeah. she's still wearing her nightgown. Like, I know it's, like, rucked up or whatever. But right. I was like, and she still has to take it off later. I was like, I hate, like, tearing actual clothes off yeah. of people. Like, the f- actual, t- uh, maybe there's, like, pragmatist pragmatist in me. I can't speak words. Pragmatist. Yeah. Pragmatist in me that I'm like, no. That's Those funny. are clothes. You're wasting the clothes. It's I not hate, sexy. I hate food and sex scenes. So mm. that's totally fine. I hate Just take them off, chocolate, bro. Whipped cream. Take them off. Get the food away from me. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Nothing Ripping to do with clothes. feet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't rip clothes. No shame on the feet lovers. Uh, or the food lovers. Or the tearing lovers. Not for us. Thanks. Honestly, uh, <laughs> maybe maybe for a uh, 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 ecological, environmental standpoint, maybe you shouldn't be wasting your clothes like yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Off. So maybe some shame on the yeah. People like clothes, you know? I think maids like Alice are like weaving this these lace panties. Right, like how wasteful. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's lots of maids with bird masks that are weaving Feyre's lace panties. Let's keep it together. Yeah, please, please. please. Yeah. 
Please. And he didn't even like take Rude. everything, rip everything off. He just rubbed one <laughs> undergarment off and she still is wearing the nightgown. So I'm like, what, what was even the point? You still, you still had some clothes on. Maneuvering to do. Right. So. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. That's, that's definitely that part true. That bothered me. I was like, I was like, okay, I'm here. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go. This is, uh, this is our last, uh, chapter of Tamlin Lucian, Alice only. All right. Right. right this right, is the last right. one from here on out for families involved or people from the future that you don't know yet, oh, okay. or, or perhaps some people you do know, but lots of people, lots I mean, of probably people. Probably some of the bad guys we met. The baddie baddies, Amarantha, baddie Reese, of course. Um, they, I mean, Tamlin, Lucian, and Alice, of course, are in the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is the last time that we have just the three of them. This chapter, because the next one, we see her family again. Um, again, t- Stockholm Syndrome is very connected with the Beauty and the Beast story. I do see what you're saying, though. The stages. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we use Stockholm Syndrome to describe the Beauty and the Beast falling in love with your captor right. thing. I just feel like they made it kind of more distinct. They're not really her captor. It's mm-hmm. like the social situation is right. her captor. Truly. It's like you broke the treaty. The only way to stop you from being like torn apart by other fairies is you have to stay here. Right. This isn't me. This life debt. I'm saving you. Right. By from the other fairies. From the yeah. other fairies. So I think it has a different thing where it's like, you're just my captive because I want you to fall in love with me. Or you're captive because right. you're my captive. It's like, because I decided this is how you had to pay back the life debt. And I think in that nuance of the story, it makes a bit of a difference yeah. in, in the situation. I will say, I loved in this chapter the descriptor of like her laying in bed like before sexy time when he comes up to say sorry. And um, he sits on the bed and she can feel like the weight of the bed shifting that's such good imagery because i've seen i've I've felt that before like somebody's sitting on a bed when i'm laying down but then she asks him to sleep with her and then he leaves in the middle of the night i hate that she wakes up alone i think he's like trying to tear the band-aid off i feel like that's but the thing is he sees her the next morning he said i love you when she was half asleep and then rolls in the middle of the See, night. I think it would be brutal if he left and then like was like didn't say goodbye. Didn't say goodbye. Was like absent the next morning. Okay. Then it's like okay, I, yeah. I mean, he should have stayed the night. Yeah, he should have. That was he rude. That was, was mean. Rude. Cuddle. It was rude. But it, it kind of is like thematically dramatic when the yeah. person leaves. Isn't there? Isn't there yeah. when you wake up? Sure. Okay. I feel like that's all I had to say about this yeah, chapter. Me too. Okay, so my quote is when they first start kissing, and I think she's on top of him, and she says, my hair fell around our faces like a curtain. I like that. Just that phrasing of, like, her leaning forward and her hair's not tucked behind her ears. I picked my entire world constricted to the touch of his lips on my skin. Everything beyond them, beyond him, was a void of darkness and moonlight. Ooh, she loves describing things as nighttime. I know. She's crazy. (laughs) She loves a crazy nighttime. All right. Ooh, last chapter. All right, this was pretty short as it well. It is, yeah. We had a lot of short chapters, but a lot happened. Very much happened. Happened. We're, we end up in a totally different place than we were at the beginning. Yeah. All right, chapter 28. I called this, You Can Never Go Home Again. I called it Home Sour Home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Feyre leaves uh, Alice dresses are up in um a victorian victorian dress (laughs) um 
Lucian's mad about the situation. They have a last goodbye with Tamlin. She gets in a gilded cage and goes off, and then Magic puts her to sleep, and she's called pissed about that when she wakes up. And then she gets back home where they're all rich now, and each of them has kind of like a different welcome for her. And she sort of just rationalizes, like, this is my fucking life now. This all is right. my life. Let's talk about the details. I love it. Um, I love that the Victorian clothing and how she hates it mm-hmm. and how Lucian hates it and how Alice has to know it. What a cool maid thing that you have to know what the style is on the other side of the wall. Mm-hmm. The other side of the other side of the wall. Butter battle. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Butter battle is actually <laughs> iconic, though, if you can't find that Dr. Seuss cartoon. It's about the Cold War and whether you um, butter your toast right side up or right oh side down. Oh, my God. Down. It's on YouTube. You can watch the whole oh thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, the other side of the wall. They're spooky and creepy. They're rude and they're crude. Okay, go ahead. I can't. It's a perfect metaphor for this book as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked their Alice and Farah's little not goodbye goodbyes like, where they're like, I don't like say goodbye. They're like, I don't like say goodbye either. They're like, all right. And they say like other things instead. I was yeah. like, I, I, I just made my love for Alice intensify. Yeah. It just, it was a nice little. They're like, peace, bitch. Peace. Like, like, I don't like saying goodbye. Bye, homeboy. Know. I hope you get to see your nephews. Make the most of your free. You know, they just yeah. say a well wish, but they don't say goodbye. Right. Know? They'll get sappy. And it's like, it's, it's nice. Or it's like two people just like, yeah, we got it. We did this. We did this for eight months or nine months, whatever right. it was. Goodbye. Oh, I did circle something on this page. What'd you circle? It's Tam in Farah's. She uh, called him by a nickname. Narration. Mm-hmm. Her head. Because the narration is her head because it's first person. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's called him Tam. No, before. Lucian calls him Tam. Lucian calls, and she doesn't do it any other times. This chapter It's just like a little slip up, a little Freudian slip right there on yeah two fifty page two fifty because yep. she does not say she loves him. He like stands there and stares at her. Oh, it That's is not my quote. Okay, then I'll leave it alone. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I I like mm. that Lucian's like let's give her more time before we send her back to that human cesspit. Yeah. That's he wants her to stay. He, he wants was, her to stay. He was big anti Feyre, and he wants her there. He is now Feyre's number one. He's pro Feyre. He's a yeah. fanboy. He, he's also she's ships, my betrothed. She ta- she he ships Tamlin and Feyre. He writes fanfics on the side. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> he's talking them up to everybody. Yeah. He makes little sad YouTube videos to uh, songs about them. And this gilded carriage, she pulls up to a chateau. Yeah. After falling asleep, and the sisters don't even recognize her. This is so Cinderella's sisters at the ball. Right. They right. don't even recognize her because she's gained weight. She looks healthy. She's dressed up. And they've never seen Feyre as a woman. No. They've only seen her as a starving, dirty child. And I found it was interesting. We had three different reactions from her family members. Like Nesta, they keep talking about like flat face she is. Like, and Elaine's like oblivious, but like sweet. She's like, oh, did our aunt die? Oh, no. Father would have wanted to go to the funeral. Like yeah, things like that. Very doe eyed. And then her dad cried. Um, do we want to parse that out? Do yeah. You have thoughts? Do you have thoughts? I, I do. I, I love that we find out that Nesta did not marry mm-hmm. as per Farah's device, um, advice. Mm-hmm. I love that Nesta is cold. One of the things I wrote down that Farah says about Nesta is that she is as different from the humans around us as I had become. Mm. Like her, she knows something 
and she does know something that's what i was gonna say yeah something something that nesta is not like oh aunt ripley died how weird you know like Mm -hmm. something's Mm -hmm. going on with nesta yeah elaine has always been super kind but is oblivious oblivious that's that's her trait she is oblivious and i just think pharah is her dad's favorite Mm-hmm. I think Nesta and Elaine were the mom's favorite and mom is dead. Mm-hmm. And like, he's just excited to have his daughter back. Yeah. I think. I don't think he's soulless. No, I don't. I, I, I think, I think was, I'm more he was in mental health. Is more that I know about his backstory. Like the losing money really wasn't his fault. It was debts he inherited. And, you know, I, I think I'm maybe more sympathetic to him than... Yeah, I think as as happens with any book, when you get to know the character more, you right. become more sympathetic with like the journey... Mm-hmm. That they were on. I like that Tamlin got him a job. It was like a teach a man to fish situation. Right. He like got him a person to invest his money. He got the boats with all the lost right, treasure right. to come back. Like the he Tamlin really did it for this family. Right. Like put them up and fixed their lives. Yeah. Which I don't I don't know that Feyre could ever repay him for that kindness. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Elaine and Nesta? I do. I think Nesta, I don't know if she, she know. there's something going on with her. I might, I think my initial thing is that she knows something. She knows, she's not maybe completely fooled by the glamour. She knows maybe she interacted with one of the other fairies, either maybe Tamlin or one of someone else who came to do his biddings, like maybe something. I also wonder if like she's under a different spell and that's why she seems so blank faced. But I think Nesta as a character is already so. Mm-hmm. that i think she's not completely in the dark yeah i Nesta, knows this is a serious situation if they back it's like something. something's wrong something's wrong yeah yeah so this is i yeah i think that nesta is such an interesting character and we will over the course of these books go through a tidal wave of emotions with nesta is nesta the oldest nesta is the I oldest up in the early chapter. yeah nesta is the oldest sister all right and arguably the prettiest sister. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, gorgeous. Mom's favorite. Most well-read. Mm-hmm. Most educated. Most snobbish. Most snobbish because that's how she was brought up. You know? Yeah. She was yeah, the wealthy true. daughter of, the, you know, a wealthy family. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. find this chapter great. I love that we end on Farah being like, this surreal gave me one command and I didn't follow it. Mm. It was stay with the High Lord. And that's yeah. what I didn't do. Say with the high lord and all will be right. That's how I picture the surreal talking. Okay. <laughs> do you feel, do you picture a rasp? I guess I do now. Yeah, you have to. You have to picture it that way. Okay. Um all right, yeah. So all I had was that the it, this, this sister moment reminded me of the stepsisters not recognizing Pharaoh. I mean, we're definitely moving into another act of the story. Oh, sure. Right now. Right this now. is yes. This is a turning point, a plot huge point. turning point. Yeah, so Okay. All right. You have a quote? Yes. It's like a paragraph. Oh, go for it. I should say it. I should say those words, but they got stuck in my throat because because of what he had to face, because he might not find me again despite his promise, because because beneath it all, he was immortal, and I would grow old and die, and maybe he meant it now, and perhaps last night had been as altering for him as it had been for me, but I would not become a burden to him. I would not become another weight pressing upon his shoulders. 
She is fully cognizant of what's happening. Yeah. That's why it was like the acceptance when she's like, I'm not going to burden him by trying to like fight to stay here because I know. So that's where I was like, that's like the acceptance. Yeah. And also it's like that reality setting in again. It's like I could say it, but. I'm not going to say it if I'm never going to see him again. I'm not coming back. I'm going to die. He's going to live forever. Even if everything worked out, he's still immortal and I'm normal and he could forget about me. I think some of that's the realism and sort of that some of it's that like self-doubt coming Mm -hmm. in again. But I thought, well, she was kind of very, like, mature this chapter. Yeah. She was very, like, you know, I was kind of worried if she was going to try to, like, run away and run back to Prithian or some stuff. But she was like, okay. Yeah. Here I, I am. I've accepted mm-hmm. this. This reality. I'm Farah. I'm human. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I wrote down a quote from when she gets back to the manor mm-hmm. and the butlers are helping her out of the carriage. She's regarding on humans and how much they kind of fidget now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she says they are unfinished, graceless creatures of earth and blood. Mm-hmm. Like she has become so used to the stillness of fairies that and like the gracefulness, the feline, the feline gracefulness, the, fer- the feline, the feral gracefulness, <laughs> how they prowl. Yeah. yeah very fun. Okay. Hey. Predictions. Yeah. Any literary elements or predictions? I, um, <clears throat> I love when they get the, this is the happiest moment of my life. We know that's the end of it. It's like the same as when someone's like, well, it can't get any worse. And it gets worse. It's like, no, you can't say that in a story. Yeah. And I mean, I love that she ends on a similar note here with like at the end of 28. Oh, like like the growing shadow. Yeah. And the, the, I did the one thing I wasn't supposed to do. The Mm -hmm. surreal told me not to leave him. Like, so you're like, at the end of these chapters, you're seeing that Farah's mind is like mm-hmm. on a weird flip-flop mode. Um, yeah, predictions. Uh, I know Tamlin said he loves her. Is he like in love with her or does he love her? I like can't splice it out. I don't know what he's feeling. I feel like this seems to me like infatuation. Like I think he's infatuated with her. I think he loves her. Yeah. In love, I feel like is like... The difference between love and in love is like, what does that mean exactly? Yeah, that's true. Um, I think he loves her. I think he genuinely cares about her. I think the thing where it's like, I will give you up rather than lose you is kind of so like Spider Man. That's like the litmus test. I mean, um, of these things. And I mean, again, Beauty and the Beast, where it's like he lets her go. It's like important. Like I care now more about your needs than my needs. It's like at a kind of iconic part of like yeah. the Beauty and Beast. Your dad is sick in the mirror. Yeah, go back right. to Papa. So it's the letting someone go over your own needs. Sure. Um, I agree. I think. I don't think it's so much that like she's so I feel like a lot of fantasy novels have that like she's so special. She's not like anyone else. But it's like I think she probably doesn't treat him like anyone else Mm. because she's like, I'm not that fucking impressed with you. Yeah. Right. But it's not in like a conceited way. It's It's that she's not from there. She doesn't get it from here. Sorry, she, she, has to, she has to fight for herself. And I think there's I think there's genuine affection and love and care, but it's still like but they've known each other for like six months. I don't even know. Yeah. So it's like, I mean Yeah, I agree. So I have two questions. Mm-hmm. What is Faria gonna do next and what's going on with Nesta? Well You have to give me an answer. My prediction is Nesta knows something. I think I think she knows something about the fairy world in one way or the other. She knows something about how Feyre is related to all this. Okay. She knows it's not 
Obviously, she wasn't off somewhere. She knows something. She knows something about what's going on. And maybe it's from the Tamlin side, or maybe it's from the villain side. Hmm. I also have a prediction. I think the fake name Feyre gave to Reese, that's like someone, one of her sister's friends that's in the town, will come back to bite them. I think that's accurate. I mean, your face <laughs> was pretty obvious before you agreed with me. But I was like, it wasn't a fake name. It was like a fake name that I stole from someone, my sister's old friend, that I can't really remember. And I'm like, girl, you just let him write it to your hometown. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Come up with another name. Oh, yeah, so I that's think bad. that. Feyre's going to do next. I think Feyre's going to stay where she is until there's like another inciting incident. Okay. Until she's like, oh, well, I got to act. Maybe it has to do with this. Some fairies coming to her town for the Claire. Okay. Batter. Or I think, I think she accepted it so much that she got here. She's not just going to go back to Fairyland without there being an instigation. Sure, there's going to be something. Maybe the Fairyland stuff invades human world. Maybe it in does. her town. I think it does. I can't tell you. Well, I think at least a little bit does. Okay. I think maybe a fairy or two. It has to. It has right? to. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, I don't see why. So not. I think there might be some things where she has to face off some of these bad guys alone. She might. I, I think that was a yes. She's a fighter, a fighter, right. dancing through the fire. But those are my predictions. Okay. I love it. All right. I am giving five pieces of dandelion fluff to Reese for his fairy detecting skills. Okay. I love that he's like, there's mm-hmm. a third plate. All Who right. does All that? Right. That's so stupid. I only have one today. Okay. And I said I have an, I'm granting an eternity of calling Resand by his full name just to annoy him. <laughs> Resand? You call me Resand? Okay. I am giving one prostration to Tamlin for getting Feyre out of a bad situation. All right. All Thank right. you, Tam. Thanks, for being Tam. Like, Thanks, you, Tam, Tam. You can go home. All right. You can go home. Okay. So we're at the close. We've got chapters 29. 30, 31, and 32 for next week. So read up through the end of chapter 32. It's also not that big of a chunk again. Yeah, most of the chapters are relatively short from here on out. I kind of like that. I feel like I can pay attention. I like it too. Yeah, there's a lot going on. So we can't wait to see you next week. Tell us if you have any comments about these chapters or make fun of Marjorie for her predictions. (laughs) Ah, I'm actually so smart, guys. Yes. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. You've been listening to a pod of Mass and Methods. We're a sister podcast to Her Story on the Rocks, independently produced by 1986 Entertainment and proudly recorded in Baltimore, Maryland. Join us in the Massiverse by reading along each week. All of our contacts and socials are available on HerStoryOnTheRocks.com. See you next week.